So this morning, we read our passage from 1 John 3. 1 John 3, uh, you have Revelation, if you start from the back of the Bible, Jude, and then the three uh, letters of John. So 1 John, close to the back of the Bible, chapter 3, verse 11. We'll read till 18. For this reason, or rather, for this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Thanks be to God for his word. Let us pray. Lord God, we've been blessed by coming to worship. We've been blessed through the songs, through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, through the readings of your holy word, because we are again reminded of your love for us. So we thank you, Lord. And Lord... May this be a time now in which we receive what you are speaking to us. May we be reminded what you have done for us, but how you call us to respond as well to your love with our love. So bless the proclamation of your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So you know how the Reader's Digest has these stories that people write in. So one time in the Reader's Digest, there was this story about a woman who was surprised at church one day when another woman who had often snubbed her went out of her way to give her this great big hug before the service. And she wondered what had initiated this change of heart. Well, she got her answer at the end of the service when the pastor instructed the congregation, your assignment for this week is the same as last week. You are encouraged to go out there and love somebody you just can't stand. (laughs) Throughout scripture, we are commanded to love one another. We are even commanded to love those we don't like. And you know what? Love is quite simple. But it's not always that easy. The word love is mentioned nearly 800 times in Scripture. When it comes to love, there's different degrees of love in different contexts. And Scripture repeatedly expresses God's love for us through His faithfulness and especially through His Son, Jesus Christ. Scripture commands us also to love God. To love Him by following Him, by obeying His commands. And Scripture over and over commands us to love one another. We love one another through our words, our actions, our behavior, our willingness to lay down our lives for one another. So as we look at our passage this morning, in John 3, verse 11, 1 John 3, 11, it states, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, 
we should love one another. This is the message that we've been taught over and over again. You've heard it. You know it. Love one another. John gives the people, he gives us this age-old message. You've heard this from the beginning. We should love one another. Then John goes on and refers to extreme opposites in this passage as he refers to murder and hate. And then he jumps to sacrificial love and compassion and showing our love to others. But John first uses an example of hate from Scripture about Cain, Cain, who killed his brother Abel. You can read the full story in Genesis 4. And John talks about the jealousy between Cain and Abel and how this led to Abel's murder. Now note that John just doesn't say that Cain was evil, but rather he belonged to the evil one. You see, you either belong to Christ or you belong to the evil one, the devil. There's no halfway. And as Jesus states in Matthew 6, you can't serve two masters. So John, he continues to expand his discussion on murder and says that if there's people who hate their brother or sister, then this too is murder. You see, murder and hate is rooted in evil. It's rooted in the evil one. Cain and Abel is an extreme example of broken community and dysfunctional community. Not loving one another creates a broken community, creates a model model of what community is not supposed to be. We saw a picture of hatred again this week through such tragedy that occurred in Las Vegas where Stephen Paddock gunned down and murdered almost 60 people and through this tragic deed, several hundred more were injured. If you're like me, you're probably numb and and you just kind of get upset when things like this happen, when they occur in the world. And yet, in 1 John 3, verse 15, when people fail to love people, when people hate people, John compares them to a murder. And are we upset and numb when we fail to love? You see, I think in our minds, we create a difference between hate, which we'll look at as a, maybe a choice in our minds, and we look at it as an emotion, and we, we, see there's, we sometimes see there's a difference between hate and murder, which is an action. It's living out that hate. But from a biblical perspective, these are in the same category. And they fall under the same negative spirit. From God's perspective, they're the same. And they come from the evil one. So John simply says, don't be a murderer. Don't be a hater. Instead, he says, love one another. And then he goes on to provide this powerful example of love. John goes on to talk about the perfect example of love. Because love comes from God. And it is revealed to us through his love to his son. He reveals his son to us. Verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Now I think we can all agree that the bar is set very high. And yet he goes on to say, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And this sacrificial love is a high form of love. It's a love that is willing to sacrifice. It's a love that is willing to give something up. And not give something up because we have extra, but give something up when it hurts. It's a love not based on conditions. 
It's not loving one another because we will be loved back, although it's nice if that happens. It's not loving one another because we are obligated and we'll get something in return. It's a love for one another on account of the love that Christ has shown us. I'm going to love you simply because Jesus loves me. It's a love for one another despite what's going on in your life. Despite what's going on in somebody else's life. The reality is that there's stuff going on in everybody's life. And despite our baggage, our brokenness, and the brokenness of others, we are called, we are commanded rather, to love. Because love comes from God. Love is the mark that believers, the followers of Christ, are different than the world. 1 Corinthians 13 4 to 8a. Probably many of you have had this maybe for a wedding passage or a life passage. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It's always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. John proclaims what a model community should be. It should be one of love. And we know from other parts in Scripture, we use our words to show love. So he's not saying don't use words. So we show our love not only through words, but also through our actions. John goes on to say that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What does it really mean for me to lay down my life for someone? What does it really mean for me to love someone as Christ loves? Again, verse 16, when John states, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, this verse following talks about giving up material possessions for those in need. And it's not necessarily giving up your physical life, but are you willing to make yourself even somewhat uncomfortable for the sake of others? It's loving one another when it's difficult to love, not just when it's easy. Love requires acts of compassion. As John states in verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Now verse 17 is talking about someone in need and somebody else not having pity on them. The word for pity is not just like, it's not like what we might say, oh, feeling sorry for someone. No, the word for pity is compassion. We heard the word compassion through Psalm 103, how God is compassion for his people. And this word compassion, John uses a word that talks about guts. It's the kind of feeling that you have in the pit of your gut. John says if you have material possessions, and most of us do, and you see a need, and you don't have that feeling, that compassion, that feeling in the pit of your gut, then how can the love of God be in you? We're called to love people through our actions by living sacrificially for our fellow brothers and sisters. And you have no idea what people are going through other than that the love of Jesus compels you to love your brother and sister unconditionally in all circumstances often making ourselves somewhat uncomfortable 
You see, loving one another, it's difficult stuff. It's not easy. Saying I love you, but not accompanying with actions, is like writing out thank you cards to people, but never sending them. Because love is revealed through words and actions. We see that in the Old Testament. God made promises. In the New Testament, he revealed those promises of love through Christ. Christians are to love with thanksgiving on account of what Jesus has done for us. Believers love as Christ loves. And we don't have to go to the extreme that Jesus did because we have already had someone go to this extreme for us. Jesus gave his life for us. We don't love others because we have something to offer. If we do that, then we'll often love exerting a power or control over somebody. Rather, we love because Christ has offered us something. He's offered us his love, his forgiveness, his grace. And we want to reflect and share that with others. I hope through the sacrament this morning we were reminded again of that great love as you took that bread and ate it. As you drank from the cup. Jesus laid down his life He went to the cross. And he did this for a purpose. He did this for us. He took our place on the cross. And it is only when we look at the cross that we can begin to understand love. So the world, which does not look to the cross, well, it makes sense that they could not love as a follower of Jesus loves. Because how can the world love like Jesus when they don't know what Jesus has done for sinners who follow him. Believers may have the similar actions as the world, but the reason behind those actions is completely different. It's because of the love of Christ. We are called to love like Jesus loves. The defining of a Christian life is how we show our love to one another in any and every circumstance out of our love a gratitude for Christ as stated verse 17 as we said talks about pity talks about compassion talks about that feeling in the gut but it starts off to say that we see a brother or sister in need we see And I think this is an important phrase because we need to be able to see, to understand, to empathize. Because when we see, we enter into people's lives. We see what's going on. And I know from my own experience that it's easy. It's so easy to not see. It's so easy to be ignorant of things in this life. It's so easy to turn our eyes to what we want to see. It's so easy to ask somebody, you know, how's it going? And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I hope that person just says good. And then we can go on. We go on to our regular routines, being oblivious to the things around us. Often wanting to be oblivious. Oh no, if people do share their hearts with us, our thoughts are sometimes going elsewhere. Something else going on in our lives. 
Next week, we talk about the value of authentic community. We're called to see what's going around us. And when we see, we get compassion in our gut. When we see, we get that compassion and we will act. We will respond. This week, someone shared their story with me, and I'm able to share it with you. I don't just share stories. It's not somebody from here. And it's a story of sacrificial love, a story showing compassion. It was nearing the end of the summer, and this person, this family, was quite short on money. And there was a problem with the income tax refund, and because of that, their child tax benefit wasn't coming in, and this was counted on to pay for their rent. And they did have enough money in their account for food, but it was minimal. They had $700 to their name, and this was only because some of the other payments were not being made. It was during this time that someone else approached this couple and was also sharing about their own family's financial problems. And this other family, the second family, was short $600. And this first family, with only $700 to their name, saw a need. They opened their eyes. They saw the need right before their eyes. And they saw, and they chose not to ignore. They discussed it as a couple, prayed about it, and felt the Lord nudging to give $600 to this other family. And they decided even not to give a loan, but a gift, knowing that they probably wouldn't expect the money back. So this left $100 in the hands of this young family with several kids. This is a story about seeing and need and having that gut-feeling compassion and being obedient. In their compassion, they didn't need to give up their life. But they did give up their life savings at that time. And savings helps us sustain life. So they risked a lot. They gave up without any conditions. They gave up when others might even say that that was rather careless. And I also want to share the next part of the story. And it's a story that probably will be another day for another sermon, but I'll share it briefly. Because it's still about love. It's about God's love. And God using other people's love. Because the following Sunday in the church mailbox of this family who gave up $600 was an envelope of cash from an undetermined source totaling $750. Again, God has it all planned out. He's using his people to see a need and to share their love through material possessions. Our love needs to be evident with words and speech, but not only through our words and our speech. It needs to be evident through our actions, our behavior. And we need to show compassion. And part of that begins with seeing what needs are out there in the lives of others. Our church is embarking on a community opportunity scan It's an opportunity that we're using to get to know our community, to get to know our neighbors. And why God has put us as as a church in this place. And it could be messy. Because it could open our eyes to seeing things that we'd rather not see. But it will likely grow our love for one another, for our community, for our God. And we grow in our capacity to love 
by loving. We grow in our capacity to love by practicing, by showing compassion, and especially to those who seem difficult to love. And remember, we might be that difficult person to someone else. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the one end goal. The one end goal is to join Christ in mission to make disciples of all nations, to love God, to love his people, and we need love. Not just feeling sorry for people, no, but having a deep compassion for people, for those who are hurting, for those who are lost, for those who would, we would rather not be in relationship with. Loving is simple, but it's not easy. And love covers a multitude of sins. When we love one another, we can make a mess of things. And we can have what's called integrity gaps. We, would, we break our promises. But love helps us get through those messes. Last week we talked about that. Talked about integrity gaps. Talking about breaking our promises. And when we break our promises, if we are loving people, grace and forgiveness will abound. It will be offered. This doesn't let people or ourselves off the hook. But when there is a mess... It allows us to work through it together because of love. We love God by following Him and obeying His commands. We love others by serving and caring for one another and seeing people's needs and having compassion on them and following through with action. You know, God could easily say to us, Well, you know what? You got yourself into this mess. You're a sinner. Get yourself out of this mess. But he had compassion on his people. He has a great love for his people. In fact, Jesus entered into the middle of the mess. And he came down to earth for people whom he loved so much. So look to Jesus for that perfect example of love. Look to Jesus when we fail to live out that love. And we will fail. It will be messy. But he will also forgive us. Jesus will also forgive us without any conditions. People, God loves you. And he laid his life down for you as we celebrated again this morning through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And we have that gift throughout our life. And together we say, Amen. Let's pray. God of grace, God of love, God of amazing love, with joy we praise you, gracious God, for you've created heaven and earth. You made us in your image. You kept covenant with us even when we fell into sin. And we give thanks for Jesus Christ, our Lord, who by his life, death, and resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. We praise you for your love that has been modeled to us through your son, Jesus, as we read it from your word, as we experience your love through the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the love of Christ that took all our sins upon him. And may we love you and love your people as a response of gratitude and thanksgiving for what you have done for us. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, put that compassion into the pits of our stomach to serve others and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.